TMZ episode 19. I'm Ken Rakowski, and I'm finally sitting in the same space that my trusty co-host, Mr. William Quigley, is at. Where are we, William? Where is this? We're in Santa Monica. Yeah, we're in an office, an actual office. I see employees. Uh, yes, yes, yes. What is this? Uh, we're at the Opskins.com headquarters. Opskins.com. What is Opskins? Opskins is a is like a marketplace, like an eBay. Mm -hmm. Think of it as an eBay, but for the non-physical items. So virtual items, not physical items. I know this will blow most people's minds, but theoretically that's what crypto is, right? It's virtual. That's correct. Right. That's correct. The only difference between the items we sell versus crypto is we sell non-fungible items. That means items that are unique, mm -hmm. unique pictures. Uh, we don't sell like uh, uh, like a, a Bitcoin, which is, you know, one Bitcoin is the same as another Bitcoin, where everything we sell on Opskins is unique. So today I wanted to do something a little differently. Generally, we have a, a script we follow. We have headlines we go after, top news stories. Today being episode 19, 19, 20 is a big one. We're going to be growing up soon. I figured let's do a little more freestyle. Let's go back and forth on things that are going on in the industry, but also some of our own personal views are where things are, okay? Something a little different, and I appreciate you hanging out, being consistent, doing this for 19 episodes. By the way, you can find us. We're really easy. We're at Spotify, which I think is pretty cool. We're over at iTunes, and of course, uh, just go to coindmz.com. So, William, you have been in the finance, finance industry for 25 30 plus years? Uh, I, I guess you could say th close to 30 years. Close to 30 years. And you've had your ups and your downs. Yes. Okay. In the VC space, what really made it tricky was you had to convince an external organization to fund your VC firm, which was Clearstone Ventures. Yes. Well, initially, Idea Lab Capital Partners. But yeah. They funded it. Yeah, every time a venture capital firm gets formed, the people who start the venture capital firm have to uh, pony up some of their own money, and then what they do is they go around to other rich people or corporations or, or endowments or pension funds, and they say, hey, we'd like to take your money for 10 years and uh, use it to invest in startups, which hopefully 10 years from now will be worth a lot of money, and uh, there's a there's a small percentage of those types of organizations that do like to invest in venture capital funds. Okay, and of those people that are investing, in their mind, what kind of rate of return are they hoping to get? Hoping. They would they would typically hope to get, and it changes, but call it uh, seven, seven um, uh, hundred basis points over an S&P 500 return. Okay. So a little better than what the market uh, performance would be. Yeah, if 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 the if you were making five percent on your stock market investing, and the S and P five hundred is sort of a proxy for that, if you're making five uh, percent or five hundred basis points, then uh, you'd probably need to be able to demonstrate that you could deliver twelve hundred basis points, uh, uh, meaning like seven hundred basis points over that that bar, to justify the additional risk and the lack of liquidity that an investor has in a venture capital fund versus the stock market. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is you would have performance metrics that you had to meet. The companies, when they weren't performing properly, you would pour more 
emphasis into management or trying to get the product line out. Why are you rolling your eyes? Uh, because it pains me to have you hear you say that because you are right. Of course, what I learned after two decades of doing it is that's a bad idea. <laughs> Why is it a bad idea? Uh, you know where I'm going. I know you know where I'm going. I'm not sure I know where you're going, but 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 yeah, we don't have to discuss a lot of it today. But the point is, do you tend to your losers or do you focus on your winners? And that is a, a really important uh, question you need to ask yourself as a venture capitalist. Well, that's important what you just said, because the most emphasis you generally put on were the ones that were not performing properly yeah. that would hold down the portfolio. And everybody knows, you know, if any of parents are out there, if you have problem children, the safest thing to do is to put them up for adoption. <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> no, Keep the good ones. Get rid of the bad ones. But in a something like a mutual fund, that's why a lot of people invest in a mutual fund because the future of mutual funds managers job is to eradicate the poor and bring in the new and constantly flow it out in this new world of digital. Yep. In this world of transparency, in this world where everybody could do enough research to figure something out, okay? Because it is different. Because most of the companies you invested money into in, as a VC, they weren't well known. Oh no, uh, you got no, they're brand really, new. Yeah, you got in real early if you could, and you hope based upon management and idea and market timing, it would do well. Yeah. Right. How do you take that today and look at the ICO markets? and play in this space? How do you find what's gonna perform, what's got a good management team? I know they have white papers and they're online and you look at it that way, but is there some tricks that you've learned being a VC that you could apply to these new markets today? Yeah, and, and with one caveat, I'll just say, uh, if you too f closely follow the venture capital uh, practices, mm -hmm. which are really smart sounding practices, you won't make any money in crypto because you would never invest in crypto. Too conservative. Yeah, you, the VC model is just way too conservative to, to, to get into these types of deals. But, but if you don't do that, yeah, there's some things that I've taken from the venture world, one of which is, of course, how do I assess a management team? And, and I guess at a high level, here's what I would say about investing in ICOs. Uh, it is pretty darn easy to eradicate, call it 99% of the ICOs as garbage. How? Uh, the, the teams lack any credibility at all, okay. right? So if you start with just who are you and uh, the teams don't impress you, then um, I would say 99% of the projects you're going to see, you don't need to go any further on. Just the team by itself, you look at yeah. it. The idea might be great, but the yep. team, eh. Yeah. You would do this as a VC. I would. So that's a team is everything for us. Team is absolutely everything because you don't, as a venture capitalist, you're investing in, you know, uh, a, an idea. Maybe it's got some really limited traction. They've built a very modest version of the product, but it's got a long way to go. Right. And so, well, how does it go that long way? It goes that long way with having qualified, really exceptional people who think of new designs, who think of dealing with competitors, who think of uh, uh, ways to add really relevant services. And that takes a lot of smarts, dedication, experience. So it's 
not a surprise. The majority of the really good ICOs, the majority of the really good companies that get venture capital have uh, management teams that are impressive overall. Okay. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to eradicate as much, not eradicate, I'm going to try to take out as much knowledge from you and share it with the audience on a bunch of topics. Our headlines today are going to be what's going on with Russia and Telegram and how that affects actually more than just Russia. We'll look at Tim Draper and how Tim thinks Bitcoin could be a quarter of a million dollars each one. We'll also look at what's going on with the legality around Bitcoin and crypto in the United States. And we got some fun. And that is, I got those tokens. Are they real or are they fake? Oh, yeah. I did well last. Yeah, you did. William Quigley, Ken Rakowski, you're hanging out with us on episode 19 of Coin DMZ. All right, I got Big Billy. That's his nickname in my book. You could use it too when you see him go and say Big Billy. He is one quickly. He is over at Opskins, which you can find them in Santa Monica, California. Good digital capital. Oh, is Santa Monica good digital capital? It used to be, not anymore. Really? No. The city of Santa Monica wants nothing to do with tech companies. They want tech companies to leave and they want to replace them with uh, storefront retail and restaurants because they get a lot more from a tax standpoint from those types of companies than from tech companies. So it is too bad. You, you know, we all were taught to believe, oh, companies like, you know, new businesses that are pushing the, the envelope and, and, and not Santa Monica. They really don't like our types of businesses. That blows my mind. I know. Oh, I think they're. I think they're gonna. I know. I think they're gonna regret not wanting. Well, where were they regret? I mean, I think is Snapchat's based here, right? Snapchat was in uh, was in Venice, and and they've recently. I don't know if it's completed, but they're moving to uh, uh, you know uh, further inland, Playa del Rey, or something like that, right? Something like that. Wouldn't a tech firm or a what would this be a municipality benefit by having a successful tech firm brings in jobs it br helps out the cottage industries that are around it i mean look at riot games riot guys has a, a massive campus that benefits the entire community right right uh, the way uh, the city of santa monica the city council looks at it is their drain on on the the, the city uh, they take up parking spaces with employees uh, they don't spend enough like Tourist dollars and I could see their point short term short term long term. No, not so much Like I said, Williams with us. Hello at coindmz.com is our email address. I want to dive real quick into telegram telegram um, Not just a mobile application. It's across the board desktop. It is it's done very well on its ICO It's raised a ton of money. There is an interesting clash going on right now. The guy that created telegram this 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 uh, I think this is his second company. His first one was taken away from him by the Russian government. Now, Telegram and Russia are basically in this fight because Russia is saying, we need to be able to have back end access to everything. Yeah. We feel that terrorism is happening through this. And he's saying, no way, you're not going to do this. And he's becoming kind of a hero amongst the Russians, one. And two, people are saying Telegram needs to be secured and locked down. What's your thought? Well, my thought is exactly what Telegram's thought is. Uh, the minute Telegram provides a, a backdoor access to useless, right? everything that's said and done on this private 
a communication client, then yeah, most people won't feel comfortable with it. So uh, it, this is really a, a fight for the for the survival of of Telegram. I think Telegram is would would be mortally wounded if it gave that. Well, you saw what Russia did. So what they did is they utilized a, a port blocking way to block a bunch of IP addresses, which, by the way, also blocked parts of Google and Amazon. So a whole bunch of other companies are being, uh, I, I, and if anything, they're, they're feeling the, the force from Russia right now. It's hurting the Russian population. So Telegram's saying, uh, what do we do? We're kind of in this place now. We're looked upon in some ways as bad guys because we're not complying with the Russian government. And then they're looking like champions on the other side to people that are entrepreneurs and trying to say, hey, we're trying to, trying to create a cool platform that's bigger than just Telegram. Right. Well, fortunately, they have great role models. They can look at these, uh, these bastions of liberty like Google that, of course, never gave any information to the U.S. government, never agreed to give information to the Chinese That's government. Not true. No, of course not. That's not true whatsoever. Google is a branch of the federal government. Yeah, but even in China, you know, they've given up a lot of access or they've curtailed yes. it. So Google has definitely put profits in front of uh, uh, any kind of privacy or liberties of the people. And I would say uh, uh, Telegram, it, it really doesn't have much purpose if it knowingly gives access. Yeah, but if Telegram does it, everyone else is going to have to do it then too. Uh, well, only to the extent that uh, you care whether, let's say, the Russian government has that access. Or then the American government, or then the EU. It's just one after another. You know, while Telegram is certainly uh, very popular among uh, crypto people, uh, it's important to remember that there are, uh, oh my gosh, there's dozens of these very private communication uh, clients. But we know that Telegram is going to be bigger than what it is today. It's going to become a platform for sharing content. Yes. It's going to be much more than what it is. So I'm wondering if this is the beginning of these ongoing fights that are gonna happen. Oh, they're absolutely the beginning. You know, uh, Telegram is creating a version of Tor. What I mean, yes. what I mean is, uh, uh, you know, when I first heard uh, the, the, the Telegram pitch, uh, it sounded to me a lot like Tor. Uh, even the uh, even the way they discussed uh, why someone might want to use Telegram, it was wrapped in a lot of like uh, very noble reasons. The 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 North Korean, you know, outspoken government critic who, if he was known, would be executed. That guy, you know, if he's able to uh, remain anonymous with his with his communication, he's, he's protected. Telegram. He would have a Telegram channel. Yeah. People could go into there. They could find him. Telegram would protect his anonymity. And guess what else Telegram would then protect you against? Everything else. File sharing. Streaming that Marvel movie that just came out that you illegally downloaded, right? No, but this is what's going to happen. It's going to turn into whatever you thought Napster and Scaramorphias were much bigger than Pirate Bay all combined. Yeah, because uh, you won't, if if Telegram is able to build what it is set out to build, uh, it will become a uh, it will become a very controversial platform because lots of content, copyrighted content, is going to be uh, distributed through their network. 
and it is distributed so uh, it's a distributed platform so it's going to be hard to shut down so the fight with Russia is only the beginning the United States and all these other organizations the RIAA is going to come back and the MPAA because they're going to say all this illegal contents on that platform but telegram if it's done right it's decentralized and it's everywhere yeah it's going to be a tough thing to take down yeah it is all right i want to switch gears and talk about cnbc watching cnbc today and they go hey great news bitcoin is going to be three times higher than what it is today three times so it'd be about 18 to nineteen thousand dollars and i i i have no idea how we can even figure that out that's pretty amazing what are they talking about? And then, of course, you read about Tim Draper. He says, Bitcoin eventually is going to be a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Is it because all these people are so deep into Bitcoin that they're just praying for it to get up there? Or do you feel pretty good about $8,000, $10,000 is where it's sort of spot Well, you know, I always say, Ken, uh, I, I can't predict where prices are going. I But the way if you look at my behavior my behavior would indicate that i am confident long term in holding uh bitcoin for and not just bitcoin but of course for uh, for all cryptos i what crypto is your favorite outside bitcoin let's go after as of right now as we're sitting here right now uh bitcoin oh okay it's seven thousand eight hundred and ninety dollars ether's still around 500 and ripple which i know is your favorite is at 66 cents Yep. I know you love that one. You probably got some ripple on you right now. What's another? Um, EOS, which is uh, a friend of ours. Well, not anymore. Well, he is. He's still an equity owner. Not anymore. What do you mean? He's no longer a friend of yours? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm actually going to be with him in, in, in uh, the Middle East next week. $8.52. It doesn't, it, a lot of red, a lot of red in the market. Does that scare you when you see all that red? Uh, you know, can I, I've told you this, I, I, I don't think of owning anything that's an investment, which I think of, of cryptos as an investment. I, uh, I don't think of, of owning them. If you're buying them just from a speculative standpoint, uh, looking at day-to-day movements wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right, let's go to Tim Draper's point, $250,000 a Bitcoin. Is that even in your mind realistic? Yeah, it's realistic. It's realistic. Uh, but I don't know how to come up with those numbers. So, you know, I just know as you increase the demand for something, it becomes more valuable and therefore the price will go up. So Tim's grandfather started the VC industry. Yeah, he, he was one of the, the core people. Started His dad kind of wrote the book on it yes. and Tim says he's perfected it. Oh, that, I hadn't that, heard that. That's what Tim says, okay? Oh, well, he's done very, very well in venture so capital. Well. You know, he's investing in some companies that, if you look at his portfolio, you'd be pretty impressed, right? Yeah, he always wants to talk about Hotmail. <laughs> he does. He loves talking about Hotmail. He, he put money into Tesla. He, I mean, he's pretty well spanned out, but he's putting a lot into blockchain and crypto. Yes. Is it because he probably bought so much of it that he's trying to create as much market hype as possible? I don't think so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing because, you know, I don't really know his motivations, but I do know that he is uh, a big believer in new technologies. He was one of the most active venture capitalists in Silicon Valley when the first wave of internet companies were created. My firm, uh, Idea Lab Capital, invested a lot with his firm, Draper Fisher. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and, and this is to 
to me, this is just an, another new technology. His his son, as you know, uh, runs an incubator where they called Boost Boost VC, where they do a lot of incubation of blockchain and crypto based companies. I think Tim is just a fan of the technology. All right. Don't you VCs have like a little channel that you guys discuss the stuff on? Aren't you on Telegram chatting this up? You know, it is funny. Yeah, VCs do chit chat, but I can't say there's a lot of, uh, there's no formalized uh, big uh, conference everybody goes to. Yeah, there's a National Venture Capital Association, but that's a bit more like around government policies. So William Quigley is with me. I'm Ken Rakowski. You can find us at hello at coindmz.com. What episode is this? 19. That's right, 19. I'm impressed that we've gone this far, by the way. So am I. I am, because you're hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're very popular. You really are. Are you as hyped up as you are in the crypto space as you were 50 or 19 episodes ago? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of, of okay. course. I feel kind of burned out. Uh. Well... I mean, I mean, if you look at my portfolio and probably your portfolio, there were times where it's not a million dollars down, it's tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars down from when it was high around episode four. We have gone through this roller coaster ride of looking at our portfolios going, wow, this is, it's, it's nothing like it was 20 years ago or 10 years ago. No, no. No, cryptos has changed uh, how companies are getting funded. It's changed how uh, people are uh, doing uh, commerce back and forth across border. And uh, there are so many to be developed business models that are going to use crypto and blockchain to do things way better than we do today. That's what I'm excited about. So you're not looking at it again as an investment because you've already, I mean, let's face it, you're almost what, 90, 94? You're, I mean, you're kind of at the end of life, right? You're done. You don't really remember the last, the most expensive time of your life is the last two weeks of your life, just to let you know. Like, because you have to be on a respirator and all, all that stuff. I mean, I'm surprised you're looking as good as you do. But you don't need that re uh, that retirement portfolio. You've done well, okay? Where most people, they are looking at crypto. Maybe that's their home run. Well, and, that's well, the I, and, I, and I think it's a, like everything else, when I was raising money for venture capital funds, what I would say to people is, hey, um, don't put your life savings in venture capital. It's too risky. You know, maybe you put 2%. Right or three percent. That's exactly how I think about cryptos. Put two or three percent, so that if it, no, if it really you put only two to three percent in. That's all I put in. That's it. That's all I put in. All of your well, I'm, I'm doubting that. By the way, no, Ken, that is all I put in. I would say one percent is all I put in. Yeah, I put very little into crypto. That I, honestly, it blows my mind. Really, really. Because there was no way to, you, you couldn't put much in, you know, no, it, I mean, I, maybe at the beginning, yeah. but that's changed now. If you look at your overall portfolio. It, well, yeah, if I look at my, no, no, no that's a different thing. Okay. It's like if you're saying how much of your net worth is tied up into crypto, that's, that's a lot more than 2%. Yeah, that's more than 2%. But, but yeah, but, but what I'm saying is the advice I'm giving is the same advice I followed, which was, which was get some exposure to it, okay. see what happens. Okay. And then, um, you know, as, as 
it becomes more than 25% of your total uh, net assets, I do recommend liquidity. Diversifying and, and moving into something else. Yeah. So do you have gold? I don't know. I probably do. Oh, yeah. you don't know. You have someone else that's doing yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. But you are you are diversified in other things that are non-crypto, more tangible stock market type stuff, even though they don't perform. Yeah, you, you know, it's true. I, I'm disgusted with the stock market. I keep looking at it going, you, you never move, you know. It, well, uh, no, you do. You actually move. It's almost erratic. It moves. Yeah. It, and it's, it's not predictable. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is. So, uh, um, but, but it is considered to be a safer bet, and that's fine. But, but it's such an easy decision. You and I know people, Ken. We know many people who looked at cryptocurrencies in 2012, 2013, 14, 15, and they, um, they said, it's, I can't understand it, it's too risky, and this is where they made the mistake, and therefore, I'm not gonna put in any money. We've seen Warren Buffett even do this. What, what I said to those friends of ours was, it is risky, it is hard to figure out where it's going, those things are true. It may go to zero. Yes, that's true too. But the answer then is not to say put nothing. Okay, are you talking about that one person the the movie Pretty Woman is based upon? I don't know who you're referring to. But but there are many people who I've made this point to because what'll happen is and and those who are listening on the show will know what I'm talking about. Uh, you say, maybe you recommend to somebody, hey, put some money into cryptocurrency. And they said, that's so risky. That's crazy. That's All right. But that same person, if um, you were to go and put $1 into a lottery ticket, would they say, that's imprudent. That's irrational. That's you know why they'd say, well, it didn't matter because it was just a dollar. Take that same principle and say, I get it. It, it may go nowhere, but it has the potential. There. Yes. And by the way, that is the essence of early stage venture capital. It's the same thing. We, people say, how do you get comfortable with these companies? Generally, I'm not too comfortable with the companies I invest in. I'm always like, Jesus Christ, these things, you know, they, they don't look that stable to me, you know, but I'm putting a tiny amount in many, many, many of them. And it only takes one. And that's the, you know, that's the BitConnect. Well, <laughs> you have a few big BitConnects for the audience is uh, was a scam. Ponzi yeah. at the highest level. Right. It's still there, by the way. You know that, right? They still have a coin. Well, you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. They're all over Asia. They have storefronts. It blows my mind. William, I again, I appreciate you hanging out with us. The reason why I'm getting frustrated is all I hear today it reminds me of 1999 when I would hear companies saying, oh, yeah, we're going to exit. Microsoft's going to buy us. Microsoft's going to buy us. Everyone's exit was Microsoft. Or Cisco. Or Cisco, right? Or Juniper Networks or something like that, right? No, but yeah. that's what it was. Or JDS Uniphase or something like that, right? Um, today, it's we're going to fund ourselves with an ICO. Yeah. I even heard someone say, yeah, we're a nonprofit. We're going to do an ICO. Huh? I don't get it. And it's now getting to a point to where everyone's starting to throw it out. Yeah, there's a lot of really bad ideas that uh, could not get funded in traditional ways from, from angel investors or a bank or a venture capitalist. But 
they may be able to tell a decent story and raise some money through an ICO. And this is why I say, uh, you know, look at the team. It's about, it's about the team. Look at the team. Yeah. And also look at the celebrity they get. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Have you noticed that? It's like, Hey, we're going to get you as a celebrity. You're going to be our mouthpiece and maybe we'll raise some money based upon that. Well, the SEC is really cracking down on that because they know that that can be deceptive. Yeah. If you don't take us customers, you can, you can do that. Uh, it, to me, uh, during the ICO process, to have a puppet like that, you know, some famous person who just, you know, doesn't really even understand what it is they're promoting, that's just a bad idea. And I would not advise like that. Like the Ron Jeremy coin. Yeah. yeah. Is there such a <laughs> no, coin? Yeah. No. Later on, we'll find out, okay? We will be doing some coins in a moment. Hey, last topic. Again, I wanted this to be kind of laid back. Hey, you're speaking all over the place. Anything coming up that we should be excited about? Uh, well, I guess I'd say there's a lot of conferences that we speak at. Uh, uh, there's, yeah, there is one in Kiev. Uh, it is a, um, there's a, there's a new type of crypto. I'm sure we've talked about it with the audience. It's, it, they're called non-fungible tokens, also called ERC-721 tokens. They're a form of Ethereum, but they're unique. Each token is different from the other. And we call them non-fungible tokens. And you can actually take a unique object, a painting or whatever, and you could tokenize it, right? So, uh, uh, ERC-721 tokens have become really popular among uh, young video game developers who think it would be cool to have in-game virtual items that actually can be transported out of the game in a token. Yeah. And so the first uh, ERC-721, also called Crypto Collectible, um, conference is having in Kiev, uh, Ukraine, and as you may know, uh, Kiev is got a, there's a lot of but also lots of video game developers lots of of uh good that too good software developers and so we are uh, sponsoring that conference um it's either myself or our uh business development head yeah well i think i might have a conflict hey we did yeah. do that a couple of weeks ago we uh if you've noticed there are so many tokens out there so many that I think what we need to do is every couple of shows, we must do a game to see if you can guess if it's a real or fake token. We'll do like a John Oliver version. No, we'll do our own. Let's do it. And that's right, right here on CoinDMZ. I'm going to ask William a few tokens to see if he could see if they're real or fake. Uh, I threw some whammies in this because you'll understand. But again, if you want to find William or myself, we're hello at CoinDMZ.com. Our first token. William, are you ready? Do you need to get ready? I, 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 w I felt more ready last time. This time I feel there's almost been too many recently. So I'm, I'm not going to do I well on this I also one. believe since you uh, weren't with me, you can't Google it like you did last time. I, I did not Google it. I, no, no, no. I know. I did not Google it. All right. Our first one is called the Denta coin. Denta coin, um, which is a coin specifically for dentists. No. You were wrong. Get this, buddy. It's under a cent. This is what's going to blow your mind. It's got a $167 million market cap. Wow. I did not know. And it is for to be used by dentists. Between the, the dental community. It's been working, and dentists are using it around the world. 
bam, right out of the gate. We just nailed you on that one. Okay, All right. See, I told you. Here's our next one. It's the Kanye coin, actually based upon uh, Kanye West. No, that's artist. a fake. You, you were wrong. wrong <laughs> It was, it wasn't him. Someone else did it, and he did a cease and desist to stop it. It's not around anymore, but there was a Kanye coin. Oh, well, that's interesting, because I don't know how you could stop the coin once it's on the blockchain, it's, unless they fork it. You can't get rid of it. It was not. It's, 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 unless it never got released. It did get released, but he somehow got it. Uh, no way. Okay. Well, well, I mean, this is an Ethereum-based coin? Uh, there's no, it probably was earlier. It was 2014. Okay. Uh, because that's something I, I don't know if the audience understands. Once well, it's a token out. It's out. is, unless the, the blockchain community tries to fork and, and isolate it, it'll stay. So real quick, I just want to make sure you are 0 for 2. I told you I'd get a perfect record. i perfectly wrong. No, don't get it wrong. The next one, I'm going to give you the symbol. It's BBCT, and this is the Berber carpet coin. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. You're right. All right. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, just had to throw one out there. <laughs> the Berber carpet. So Ber Berber carpet does not exist as a coin. Here you have some right here. Our next one. Here I go. I hate to use this word. It's the fuck token. Okay. Yes. F U C K. Uh, Absolutely real. Really? Is it real? For it sure? is real. It is. It's the final usable crypto karma token. And it's a real token. It just got launched. It's being launched right now and being utilized, the fuck token. Yeah, and I think it was on a few exchanges. I don't know if it's still on them. Oh, it's out there, okay? Next one uh, is the garlic. That's G-R-L-C token. The garlic token. That's got to be fake. It isn't. Yes. <laughs> That's for four cents. It's got a $376,000 market cap. There is a token and it's uh, it's the open network for the, it's kind of like Tor because that's the onion network. This is the garlic network. Okay. It's got a little more pungent to it. So far, I want to make Wait, sure. Wait, is this like actually used by the garlic growers? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not that deep into it. Stayed away. And our last one is the fetish token. FS. Wait, F-S-H-T, the fetish token. Um, yeah, I'll say it's probably You're wrong, man. You You're sucker. Right. I told you. I just I just didn't feel like I was on my game. Dental, Kanye, and the F-U-C-K and garlic token. God. Do you know what I realized, by the way? I, I realize uh, if venture capitalists did this, we would probably do just as poorly on regular like internet companies because there's a lot of wacky internet Back companies. Back then there was. Do even now. There's some bad ones today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, William, we're going to keep it short today. Our last show went over an hour. This one at least is around 35 minutes. People want to find you. Where do they go? Uh, they go to Quigley Report. No, you don't do anything there. What was the last time you you always about? say that. Dude, I'm serious. It's All right, Quigley. Uh, Just go here. Go to. Go Oscar. to Wax. 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 Io. Yeah, go to Wax. That's where you go. And we're at Coin DMZ. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Episode 19 of Coin DMZ. Oh, yeah.